All right, a quick break to talk about our sponsor. So if you run a startup and you're trying to grow, you need a marketing and sales tool that will scale up with you. Check out the HubSpot for Startups program. You can save 30 to 90% on the CRM, which is going to help you increase your leads, boost your revenue, and just keep your whole team organized as you're trying to grow. HubSpot for Startups is trusted by thousands of startups all around the world. And you should go check out if you're eligible to join the HubSpot for Startups program and take your growth to the next level. Visit HubSpot.com slash startups. Okay, so we're here. It is Friday morning. I'm here with Sam from The Hustle, the CEO, the big baller shot caller of The Hustle. Sam has probably the most ideas in his head of anyone I know. So let's dump them out every week and see if this is a fun podcast. This will be different than our normal interviews. We're not telling a story. In fact, Sam already came on and told his story earlier in this, you know, in this podcast history. So this is more, let's shoot the shit. Let's talk about what's interesting. I want to start with what are you experimenting with right now? So I'm looking to buy multifamily units or residences in St. Louis, Missouri, particularly because I'm from there, but also I think it's a good place for cash flow properties. Okay. The uh, appreciation is like non-existent, right. but it's frustrating because with like tech, like we'll double our revenue for another year at least. And that's great. And, you know, by year two or year three, we were making seven figures in cash flow. Property. That's not how real estate works. And, and we and we could have started that with, well, I started the thing with nothing. Yeah. So it's like you turn nothing into something, but it's far more volatile, I guess, maybe. But what, what's making you want to do this, right? So those are the reasons it's bad, but you're still doing it. So why are you doing it? Mostly to experiment. I think that it's important to take our internet winnings and put it elsewhere. <laughs> Get it off the internet. <laughs> yeah, because like when you think about it, what happens if I think that Google, I think their employees are all just going to mass quit or like something crazy is going to happen, and <laughs> I'm like, what? What will happen to Google? Do you <laughs> okay, know what so, I mean? So you're thinking like Armageddon style. Yeah, I think that company's going to like collapse on itself. Though it's probably like. See, I just think about it differently. For me, the appeal of real estate is okay. I have this money now. It's in the bank. That's doing nothing for me. I can put it in the stock market. That feels like sort of a sucker's game. Real estate. Okay, cool. I can own assets that are tangible assets, not like the internet, and get a check every month without going to a job. That yeah. sounds good to me. No, I like that. It's just if I see something interesting on the internet, I like to be able to have that cash and be able to plop some big check down and right. like do it right away. So what's happening? So you're looking at four unit places? Yeah. Multifamily, but not huge. So four unit, why? Just to learn? Just to learn. Yeah. They probably range in cost between 300000 and 600000 You got to put down what? So let's say 400000 you're going to put down 25% or something like that. Probably so. 30 30%. Okay. So you're putting down, you know, 120K. Yeah. And then you said you got a 10% return annually. So you're profiting 10%. 12, yeah. 12K, like profit, basically. Yeah. 12K of profits every year. Yeah. And how do you feel about that? Slow. Uh, so. <laughs> so are you going to do it? Yeah. I'll do it. Because if, yeah, I, I think it's good to learn. The reality is you have to have like huge scale. To, so like if you want to make a million bucks a year, well, you got to at least get levered up to 10 million. Right. Or probably 12. And are you, who's managing this? Your parents are going to manage this? Are your family back in St. Louis? Or Because that's uh, the other I, thing, I, right? I threw around the idea of having them do it because they're retired. But you can get a property management company for 5% of, uh, a month. Of the rent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All that's, right. That's what I think I'll do. Okay. So that's the hustle you got going on right now. That's what I'm, I'm, Can spending, I tell you, I'm uh, spending, spending most of my time doing that. Can I tell you about my hustle? Yeah. My paternity leave hustle. Oh, wait, you're on leave now? I was on leave. So I took two weeks off. Not, not, a, not a long leave. Don't you get six? You get six, but I didn't want to take it all right away because I learned now that dad is kind of useless during the first, yeah, yeah. you know, you're, well, because the kid's months. like an alien and he only needs one thing and that's his mom. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I tried to be helpful to her. Like I, she feeds the baby, I feed her, but 
yeah, so I did that for a couple of weeks, and now I'm saving the rest of my leave for whenever I'm a little bit do, more do useful. Do they give you a bonus? What do you mean? Like Facebook, a dad bonus? Facebook gives a $5,000 bonus. No, they sent some flowers. So I thought that was nice. Cool. Some, someone's EA sent some flowers. So that's cool. But no, no bonus. In fact, the actual policy is kind of messed up, which is that if you actually take official paternity leave, your stock stops vesting which is like insane, especially because at Amazon, most of your compensation is stock. So instead, I just took vacation time because you have an unlimited vacation policy and a limited paternity leave policy. Well, I, I know people, I know a friend who knew he was going to have children and he was independently wealthy because of selling a company and he decided to work there anyway because he took the six month paid leave. Right. And like he, But you have to be there for a year. So those are some of the technicalities. You have to work there for a year so. to qualify. I don't, I don't think about Facebook. I don't know if... It you, is Facebook too. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because when we were doing the acquisition process, I looked into both policies and both of them were, That's you got to work here for a year to qualify. Anyways, so during paternity leave, there's a lot of random times where you're just up at 2 a.m. because you're just like holding the baby or yeah. like, you know, trying to get to go to sleep. There's nothing to do. And so I was thinking like, basically, what can I do with one hand right now? I'm holding the baby with one arm. One arm is free. And so we have this friend, Eric, who has the sock company. Yeah. He basically prints custom socks. Like Teespring, but for socks. Exactly. And so he started off in this goofy way. He started doing it for pet influencers of Instagram. He would yeah, go to which, the, which went well. Which went really well. And then he, he kind of leveled up to like, you know, Twitch streamers and then YouTubers and then bands. And now he's just doing it for companies. And so I was talking to him and he said, he's like, I have this new method where I can print like just one pair at the same price that, you know, if you want to do a bunch of volume, like I could just do one custom pair. And he's like, I was like, interesting. So like, who's using that? And he was like, you know, there's this guy who created this website that said, upload a picture of your pet's face and I'll put your puppy on some socks. Oh, I have some. You have that. Okay, great. Yeah, I have that. So them. he was like, he was telling me. I paid 25 bucks for it. Yeah, 25 bucks. And Got two he, pair. He's like, this guy uh, was selling like thousands of dollars a day. He's like, I had to tell him to stop. I couldn't keep up with the level of demand he had. So he moved on to another printer or whatever. So I was like, okay, paternity leave. This is like an easy drop shipping business that I could start. He's going to fulfill the socks. I've, I like, I already know the qual- product quality is good. He's telling me that this guy's made money doing it. And so with one hand and one night, I basically created a affiliate program where I, where I just went on Facebook, started running ads for the same idea, pet face. So put your pet's face on some socks. And I can report that I've sold one pair of socks <laughs> so far. So the first one was $5 of ads in and uh, one sale of $25 out, of which you know my margin was you know about 50%. So I was like, oh, easy, all day, $5 in, $12 out. Like, uh, well, have you ever done any ad spend before? Uh, well, I've done it, but not for Have a, you spent a, a lot of e-commerce. money? No. So, so I've spent maybe $5 million on Facebook ads. Yeah. Maybe no, probably more. I don't know. It'll get more Interest. expensive. Yeah, so so that's exactly what happened. So <laughs> so, so basically, don't let the, the next first like, fifty dollars yeah. yielded zero sales, and I was like, okay, what's going on here? Nope, it's gonna get more expensive. <laughs> and so so yeah, that's what's happening. But then now I'm back from paternity leave, so that that experiment goes out the window. But it was a fun night of experimentation. And that next morning, when I saw one sale, I was like, ah, Got I've em. done it. Well, I've created what, a side. What, what I would have done is, I don't know if you did this. I would have targeted people who like very specific breeds. Yeah, I didn't do that. I just went for women because I found out that most people who buy this, they buy it as a gift, actually. They don't buy it for themselves. Like the majority of people who buy these pet socks are giving it away. I'm going to do this I this try weekend. that. I'll do it this Yeah, weekend. try it. Do it better be than me here. and report back. Okay. And I'll, I'll give you – you can use my affiliate links. It's all set up. Just just all do right, that I'll and, do it and you keep weekend. the winnings. Okay, so that was my, my random hustle. What else do we like? What, what else is interesting? Okay, so there's three or four things that I'm interested in right now. I actually did research on a few of them very in-depth. For this podcast. For life. 
<laughs> for this podcast. For this podcast. <laughs> well, because we write about this stuff on trends. Yes. And so I research this stuff, and our team researches this stuff for trends. And So give me one. Okay. TRT. Do you know what that is? Is this? I've heard Joe Rogan talking about yes. TRT. What? It's a testosterone, testosterone replacement, replacement therapy. therapy. Okay. Basically, I've done a lot of the research. I've spoke to. You've also done some inpatient testing. I've tested it. Yeah, <laughs> I've tested it and I feel great. I'm just incredibly fascinated with it. Basically, in the last handful of decades, the average testosterone in men has decreased something like the average is down like 40% from like the 1930s. It's pretty significant. Oh, the reason why is, well, people aren't sure. Maybe because we use plastic. Maybe because we live pretty soft lives. And the downsides of having low testosterone are men feel depressed. You don't feel the good kind of aggression and ambition. It could lead to uh, heart attacks, blood pressure issues. Just there's a, there's a lot of downsides. Stuff. Okay. So this is not like just steroids to get jacked. No, no, no. I'm talking about being at a healthy level of testosterone. Okay. Like how do I know what my current testosterone level? I have to go to a doctor and get tested or what? You have to get your blood drawn. And so and uh, what's normal What's a normal level? Once you become 30, it starts decreasing every year. Okay. So let's just say you're a 30-year-old. Your peak would be probably, I imagine, 28 maybe. Your testosterone would be, I don't know the exact unit, but right. it'd be something like 800, I think it's milliliters. Okay. So anyway, but a lot of people are like way below that. And when you have low testosterone, you start getting chubby. It's just a lot of downsides. It's legal to prescribe testosterone to someone, totally legal. It's against the rules in sports, but it is not illegal. For society. Yeah. yeah. But it's actually really hard to get prescribed. But here's the thing. There's a few things that I found as a business person that were interesting. The first thing is once you start it, it's recommended that you take it forever. Mm. So low churn if you do it right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? Because your natural production goes down because the TRT is like Yeah, ba- basically if you have low testosterone and you start taking this and you stop taking it, you're going to go back to feeling like crap. All right, so I have a science nerdy, it's like, nerdy you know, you question. You just don't get better. Nerdy question, you may not know the answer, but are you actually taking testosterone or are you taking something that makes you no, produce no, no, testosterone? No, no, it, no, it's real testosterone. So you're injecting the actual testosterone. Yeah, and there's really like two ways to do this. You can put some gel on, which okay. I'm not, I don't know a lot about, or you can inject it, and that's what most do. Which means you put a needle in your butt two Every times a week. Two times a week, okay. Yeah, or uh, one time a week, but typically two times a week. Right. Two times more than I currently do. Yeah, but if and- the benefits are there. And so what I've done is I went and called like the three or four biggest ones. The, one of the biggest ones was called Low T Center. It's this guy named Mike, he bootstrapped it. I think he's in his eighth year. He's at 100 million in revenue. Wow. And what he has done is he has little centers that you can show up to. And then there's a handful of people like that. And I've noticed a couple things. The first thing is that the majority of these people who are doing this testosterone stuff, it's advertised to like this middle-aged, middle America man with a shitty goatee who loves like football right. and eats pizza and like wants to like feel like his the old days and like wants a tacky Harley. Okay, right. good. God bless him. My hypothesis is, and this and testosterone is growing like crazy. And as we're seeing, particularly our friends like nerds who just like well, like well, I want to. I do keto for this reason, or I do low right. carb for this reason. I my sleep schedule is this reason. I think testosterone is going to get super popular amongst that niche. So I'm buying this. This is good. This makes a lot of sense to me. So the idea would be, and it's to, about two fifty a do month, like a D to C. Style thing. Could you could you prescribe this via like telemedicine or no? You There's have to... so from the I'm uh, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a legal guy, but just through my research and talking to people, what I believe is possible is you have to have a doctor registered in each state that you prescribe in. The patient has to meet with your company in person. I see. And so what I think what would work, and I've tried a service that does something like this, where a nurse comes, comes to, you. to your office and draws your blood. And then talks to you about if you get prescribed, here's how to do it, here's how not to do it, here's whatever. They go and draw your blood. On your app, it 
it says, boom, your thing's here. Schedule a time with the doctor. You call the doctor and they go, okay, you either do qualify or you do not qualify. If you do qualify, we're going to mail your medicine and we're going to check in with you every month. 250 a month is what I would charge, cash. No insurance. I won't even deal with that. Right. And then I would figure out how to do that stuff later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I like this. This is a good one. Uh, yeah, I'm incredibly interested by this. Okay. Um, to the point where, because if I'm listening, I'm like, that sounds awesome. He sounds interested in it. He literally has taken the thing. So he is, you know, personal well, connection so to the idea. I have to learn about the science behind it. I think for most people have said that there's been very little blowback on long-term testosterone use. Mm-hmm. But I still think I got to look into it a little bit more. I also got to look into the legality of the whole D2C model for T. But I know for a fact it's possible because I'm using it right now. Yeah. Great. I uh, love that one. The other one I liked from Trend's email was about digital museums. Yeah. Um, so I think the one that was in there was like, I think, Borderless or something like that. It was a yeah. digital museum in Japan. Yeah. Doing $100 million a year. Yeah, crazy. With a fresh take on an old idea, which is museums. And what they're doing is like these digital art displays, you know, using, you know, different sort of projections, lasers, different stuff like that. Is that the idea? Yeah. And so these things are getting more popular. So we've saw it with the um, Museum of Ice Cream. Exactly. We've seen it. There's this thing called Kitty something. And if somebody doesn't Vegas. know Museum of Ice Cream, because okay, so that's mu- not Museum available. of Ice Cream, it sparked outrage. I tweeted a Wall Street Journal article and it says Museum of Ice Cream raised... $50 million at a $300 million valuation. People flipped out. What Museum of Ice Cream is, it's, it's probably a twenty or 30,000 square foot place in a probably a very expensive neighborhood. And these guys rent it out. And I've never been in one. I've walked by it. Is it just like statues of ice cream so, so you walk through no so you walk through and it's basically an instagrammable museum so like yeah everything if you everything's go to set up for instagram a normal museum i think they like discourage you from taking photos of the art because they don't want it to like mess up but here it's the exact opposite the idea is it's an immersive thing so like there'll be a room full of sprinkles like it's just like a giant pit of sprinkles and what you get to do is you get to jump into it and somebody's your friend's going to take your photo while you do it and then you take a photo of them while they do it and now boom you got some Instagram material. And they're shared and that's how they get more customers. That's how they get okay, more customers. Okay, but this business people were shitting on it because the headline was sounds outrageous like oh this ice cream museum is 300 million dollar company. It's like no 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 no. The ice cream museum is not 300 million dollar company. A company that earned like right <laughs> 30 or 40 $40 million in the third year of business that probably made $10 million in, in income, that is worth that. Right. And uh, yeah, it's cool. So this is, a, this is to me part of a bigger trend, which is Instagrammable experiences. And by the way, this whole thing with the museum that Trends wrote about, ice cream thing, this is a very clear path. And the reason I know it's a clear path to get popular is you have to look at, like there's like these, I've created these like categories on how to make food go viral. So mm-hmm. like if you go to Thrillist or BuzzFeed, it's like in New York when croissants or like a cookie place goes viral and and so i'm like man these someone's got to be popping up these restaurants all the time and so it's like well what do you do well you take like one food item that's typically a side and you make that the main thing right you take one normal food item and you change the color you right. take one normal food item and you, you make change it the huge size. yeah you make it gigantic or super small <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like just do one of those three things right. or you take two food items and you smash them together and make yeah. a cronut right? yep <laughs> so like you could have like bagel rainbow like a rainbow bagel or like a fondue bar or like cheese. Okay. How do you make like cheese? Like, well, just make it like the nacho store. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Or like giant donut factory, ice cream and cookie dough. Get rid of the ice cream, cookie dough only. Right. Yeah. The museum was awesome. The museum is Uh, awesome. 
Uh, we did Spartan Run together. To me, that's also like these, which is like- $100 million plus business. Spartan Run, Tough Mudder, these are big businesses now that sound very simple. And what they really are is a chance to, it's sort of like a faux toughness, a faux wilderness. It's like, yeah, I work in an office all day. Once a year, I'm going to go do this outdoorsy thing where I get muddy and I have to climb so this thing. This I is another electric thing that, shock. And we're going to be covering this as well, which is retreats. But basically, I have this theory that men in America have never had this like rite of passage to become a man. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we've all kind of had like relatively soft lives and we're missing this like, oh, I got to feel like a part of something. That's what Spartan Race, I think, is. That's what Iron Man is, which sold for $500 million to a Chinese company. This voluntary suffering. Exactly. And so I envision these types of things getting far more popular. There's this one thing called like Wake Up Warrior. I think it's called. I I met a guy at a conference and he has this thing where grown men come and they live like a Navy SEAL for like five days. And he was doing like 50 million in revenue. (laughs) Yeah. If you combine all three, I think there's a there's a toughness movement. Uh, where there's a back to nature movement, which is just getting off of screens, digital detox, get out in the world. Uh, and then there's the Instagramable moments movement. And you see these c- come together like festivals. They're these outdoor things that are, you know, sort of away from technology more, more than, you know, you're not at your laptop, you're not in your office, you're out. And then it's Instagramable in the sense that you could share this thing and you look cool for doing it. And you have to add in the sharing thing to your company because that's your distribution to get more customers. Right. That's super important. Uh, I like how this one also twisted back towards men needing to be tougher and have more testosterone (laughs) through their veins. Yeah, it's (laughs) clearly a theme. Okay, can I name two more? Go for it. Okay, I have just thought about this over the last week, so I don't have a lot of insight into it yet, but this is another man thing, but that's obviously what I'm into. Uh, (laughs) Into But you could do it for women, actually, but sperm freezing. Okay. So similar to egg freezing, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I, I saw an ad and someone was like, it's a hundred dollars a year to freeze your sperm. And in my head, I, I was like, I don't think I have a need to, but for only a hundred dollars a year and it like, that that's awesome insurance. Right. And that's another like lifetime subscription thing. Yeah. But what, so egg freezing makes sense because there's like the biological clock where it stops. Whereas men continue to produce sperm for a very, very long time. So is it that yeah, but what if higher bad quality happens? sperm or it's just super just insurance? Imagine, to you? Yeah, imagine if something okay, bad so, happens. So I have a better one. Do you know what cord blood banking is? No. Okay, so just had a baby. This is a big, big business. When you have a baby, you have the umbilical cord. And normally back in the day, you just, you know, dad gets to cut it, gets thrown away, it's over. Well, what's happened is with stem cells, people oh, are realizing like good stuff in it. that, yeah, so the umbilical cord is like, I don't know the exact science behind it, but it's like, this is the most valuable set of cells is in the, in your cord blood. That's crazy. And so you, what you do is you, when you deliver the baby, the nurses ask, are you banking your cord blood? And you're like, yeah, God, I am. Brilliant. So then they do this procedure, somebody comes, picks it up and you pay, I think, it's like a thousand or a few thousand bucks up front plus a few hundred bucks a year for your did whole you, life. Did you do it? Yes. I did it because the in, it's insurance against what, you know, if you ever got leukemia or some like yeah, god awful so no, no illness, you're totally going to want to have this in the bank. Yeah. Uh, like my cousin had a, had a blood disease like this. And so, and she didn't have it banked. She was able to be saved by somebody else's cord blood, which is crazy. Can that person sell that to that? Like, get a so little, you, like, you can't uh, sell it. Uh, you can either go public or you can keep it private. So you can put it in the public bank, which is good, helps people, or you can keep it private just for you and your siblings because your siblings are the closest match for you. And the, a lot of the sales pitch is like, hey, we don't even know what we're going to be able to use it for. It might be able to do even more than what we know right. today. Because in like, 18 yeah, years. I, I would risk that. And so now for, for you know 18 to 35 years, I'm going to be paying this Okay, well, very what was the company name? It was like cordblood.com. It was like some like, it was old like school? the generic thing. Yeah, it was pretty so old school. That would be interesting. If you could probably tell on Facebook and Instagram targeting if someone's pregnant or like soon to be 
a mom or soon to be well, dad. Facebook knows. I don't know how easy it is to target, but but yeah, that was one where I was like, your LTV is going to be so high, man. I would that ad- you can just do TV ads, radio ads, t- Facebook ads, whatever you want. And uh, I'm going to go research this later. That's uh, that's cool. Yeah, check that out. That is super cool because okay. what I would want to do is get people to prepay before they have the kid. And then you just have someone there to get it, if that's how it works. Uh, well, yeah, that's kind of what we did. We we researched beforehand, are we going to do this or not? And we arranged with the company. But and so they were there the day of pickup. Okay, so what was the weaknesses in the companies that you used or you're advertised against? You know, my wife did the buying process, so I don't know. It seemed seamless for us. Uh, the big thing for me was just like, oh my God, this is like an amazing business. It wasn't that the existing businesses were bad. It was just, wow, this is an amazing business. Go become one of those players. So I like that one. Right, you, you said you had another one. Yeah, I got two more, but I'll tell you one and because you like the story. Okay, so Zoom conferencing. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you see, I, I posted on my Facebook. This was amazing. So I posted on my Facebook, uh, our conferencing system sucks. What should I use? I got like 50 comments. They were awesome. And then the CEO of Zoom, Eric. How did he even find you? Somebody tagged him? or Someone must have tagged him and then just friended me. And, and he's known for this. The CEO of Zoom, which is a public company, one of the biggest teleconferencing companies in the world. Yeah, they might be like a $15 billion company. He does like customer service on Twitter for people. And he doesn't just say like, hey, we'll look into it. He's like, hey, Sam, can you send me the file so that I can check on this for you? You know, I'll, I'll get back well, to you. Well, he told me that he's going to be my rep. Yeah. And so he came into your Facebook So he friended feed. me on Facebook, which <laughs> isn't like i'm not a random guy we, we got friends of friends yeah and i've probably hung out with him before i don't even know it but yeah so he commented he goes hey i think you should use zoom here's why <laughs> and he like said why and uh it was cool so anyway zoom has advertised with us they've spent five or six figures with us over the course of our business through advertising and my sales guys uh, our president adam he was like hey so Zoom is crushing it on these ads. We weren't in the position to do anything like this. He's like, I wish we could like invest in them mm-hmm. like because they're about to go public. And we think this stock is going to crush because we see how these ads are going. And I started looking into this. And a lot of our remote things that you use to work remotely are booming. Mm-hmm. The ads are doing great. And so I'm quite bullish on remote work remote work, and tools that make that possible. Mm-hmm. And even the good ones still all, like I think, are pretty bad. And two years ago, if you would have told me my my company would be remote, I'd be like, that's the stupidest thing ever. Now it's like, it's clearly we're going to do that. That's the direction it's going, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because think about it. In 20 or 30 years, we're going to be like, how archaic was it that you could only have a company that hired people in a 20-mile radius? Mm-hmm. That's super archaic. So I'm quite bullish on that. So conferencing is, I'm not bullish on that because that's that's super competitive. Been there, done that. Yeah, it's doing good. I like VPNs. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of remote VPNs, I think huge companies can be built there. The leading players are like $200 million a year businesses that are really scammy. What else? Well, there's also like, like for example, at Twitch, we use Cisco VPN, right? So like, I think for consumers, they use these scammy like, like, fr- freelancer, to watch like, like, you know, like movies and stuff. But yeah. then for companies, I think they use like probably Cisco and others. Yes. So yeah. I'm talking about like these like freelancer small guys because that's all I know. Okay. Then what remote tools are you interested in? So there's one I really like. It's a startup that through I invested in Ryan Hoover's fund and he invested in, in this company. Uh, I don't know if this is supposed to be public, but whatever. So one of the big problems with having remote workers is that when you have a worker who's in another jurisdiction in Canada versus Ukraine versus UK versus whatever. The paperwork is a pain. There's compliance issues. It's like horrible. Crazy. So there's this company called Deal. D-E-E-L. And, D-E-E-L. And I, th- I think their, their URL is something like Let's Deal or Get Deal or something like that. 
But basically it's a, just push a button and we'll take care of all the paperwork and compliance. I will make sure that you're compliant across all your remote we, staff. We just went through this. I'll use this. Yeah. And so I think this is a brilliant idea. I think it's kind of one of those problems that's kind of annoying to solve. But once you solve it, it like it's just valuable to all these companies. So I think this company is going to do really, really well. I'm at super early stage right now. But I love that tool. I love that concept. I think that's a really important concept. The only other one that is kind of interesting to me is is a theme, which is you had Microsoft Word. And then for the like remote generation, you have Google Docs where everybody can collaborate. Dude, on. it gets too messy. Google Docs does. It gets too... Uh, but it's big, right? People prefer collaboration over the sort of siloed yeah. save a file on my computer. You don't have access to it type of thing. That's crazy, right? Like that's that's clearly the old world. Then you have Excel, and now Airtable is doing that for Excel, where it's like this cloud collaborative version of this where you can share the link and do stuff there. You have Trello, which is like a to-do list that everybody can contribute to. So one idea, one way to brainstorm here is like, what's something that people use at work that is today not collaborative? Like Figma is a big one, where Photoshop was yeah, this man, private I just, thing. I just saw their ad. Maybe someone from here will be listening. I saw their ad on the highway the other day. It totally worked. We signed up. Yeah, Figma's great. And it's when it's I see Photoshop, it, I'm like, why is this it's, not, not... It's in a browser. I was and like, why is this not already a thing? And it's cool, because you can see like... The other designers mouse moving around yeah. moving stuff around and you could like type a comment and be like hey actually try moving that to the left it's a different way to collaborate so the question is what's left what is something that today we all still do so- solo you know single player and we should be doing it multiplayer and so i don't know what what's left like design has been done docs has been done excel has been done but there might be something still in the sort of workflow or workspace and maybe it's by vertical maybe like consulting companies use this one thing a lot or defense contractors use this one thing but like everything that's a solo player thing will be multiplayer that's my theory that's, a, that's super interesting I, for, for us what we're experiencing is like organizing your company documents mm-hmm. is not collaborative at all so like I'm like hey who's got our list of computers that we own or like where do we keep like our mission statement and values and right. stuff like that or like where's our taxes who's got our taxes <laughs> like the other day I flipped out I was like I was like on the verge of firing people I'm like why can't I see your taxes where's our taxes someone <laughs> give me my taxes or like what software do we use for this thing i'm like how do i what is this thing you know what i mean yeah and the bigger a company gets the more difficult that problem gets that's an interesting product that i was thinking about is like just a really simple app that just it lists every single piece of software that your business uses and it says how much you're paying for it yeah that's a good one um there's okay so one more on the remote thing that i thought of was all hands so like do you do a company all hands yeah it's they're horrible and so a lot of people just use Skype or, we use or high Zoom five. or Sorry, whatever. Sorry, High Five. It's not good. And so I think that somebody could make a specific All Hands app because All Hands is like different than a normal conference, right? So like you have the video stream, which needs to be private and secure. You don't want anybody to be able to get access to this. If somebody missed it, can they catch up? It should be recorded also. People ask questions either anonymously or through their name for the leadership to answer. That's a good idea. Uh, so I think somebody could just make an All Hands app because now I think a lot of, especially tech companies, all do all hands every week. What? So you were at a 10, 15 person company. Yeah. Now you're at a 2,000 person 200, company. 200,000 person company or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Twitch is 2,000. Amazon's like whatever. What problems do they have that you never even knew was a was an issue? All right. I have a list here. So Because I've never worked at the, the biggest company I've worked at at this point is my company, which is like 30 or right. 40 or whatever we are. And people tell me like how big companies work. They tell me about Cisco. I'm like, I, I don't I know, even know. Right? I don't even know what Cisco does. So, so I made a, a list of things that I noticed because I was like, during my time at a big company, one of the most valuable things you can get is the idea of problems these types of companies have. That could be the start of a new new startup someday. Yeah, and that seems like the, like super easy to make money because then you just make it sell it to your manager. Right. Uh, and so, and actually, it goes in both directions. I have a list called import export. Import means if this existed 
Twitch would buy it because I see the problem. And if there was a solution out there that was actually good, they would, would buy, buy the company or they would buy the software. They, they, would, they would pay for the software. They would okay. pay for what, the solution. Can you list all of them? Export is stuff we've built internally, just hacked together. Can you send me this list after? Yeah, can I, I will. post this? I will. Exports is everything that we do that we built, you know, one off just for us, but actually should be productized and given away to other companies. Okay. So I'll give you an example of each. Okay. So All Hands app is one of those problems that I think if we had a better All Hands solution, we would actually use it because today we stitched together three things and try to make it work. And people always complain. And it's also something that the CEO always participates in. And so you have like the guy at the very top. And he's who like, this wants is this shitty. Problem. Yeah, wants this, this problem just, solved. And we'll like be like, throw the money at the thing. Great, let's do that. Okay, so that's one. The other is the ability to, like it takes us a long time to spin up entities in different uh, countries we want to operate in. So it's like, oh yeah, we want to go into India. Oh, well, we need a legal entity. Oh, that's going to take six months. And it's like, why isn't there like a faster way to just spin up these entities? I think, That's one. I, by the way, with India in particular, I think it just takes that long. I think it's the government. Yeah, but there's got to be a faster way to, to do this, there's, to solve that problem. Uh, another one, okay, so when people come into the office, I don't know if you've seen this, but they have these like iPads where you sign in. So to me, this is like a brilliant idea. It's like every company has this where visitors come, they yeah. need to sign in, sign the NDA, print a badge. And th- that company is really, really valuable. There's a couple of companies that are really valuable. I really want to find out what's another problem like that that we have. I don't know if I've got one, but one thing I, I did notice is every employee has a key card to enter, and it's not like a smart card. Like, there's no additional security benefits of this. There's no like data that the company's getting about this. And so I just thought there's probably Dude, a smart key you know card. How, do you remember all these companies that would do like these local deals where you like use your keychain at the burrito place and you get your tenth burrito free? <laughs> I've never seen this. There's, but... there's there are tons of them. It's like the so you... local business tied into yeah. Your... They're always like this. The, those are always popular. I mean, there's like a hundred companies. We should do that with those keychains. Yeah. Like the whoever does the keychain company be like, by the way, you also get 10% off at Starbucks. Yeah, that's a great one. Okay, cool. I like that. Okay, and I'll give you an example of the other side, something that is really good in the company that could be exported. And actually, this isn't from Twitch, but it's from Facebook. So Facebook has a thing internally that's, I think their name for it is like Deltoid or something like that. They're this amazing tool, which is whenever you make a change to the website, this really works for software companies. So if you don't run a big software company, this probably won't matter to you. But if you run a software company, every time you make a change, you want to see the result of that change. We, we change this button color because we think it's going to get more clicks. But there's also all the other metrics of your company that matter. Like, you know, you don't want to reduce signups or, uh, you know, if you're Facebook, you don't want people posting less photos because you started promoting stories or whatever, right? And so Facebook has this thing where every time you ship a change, it prints, it automatically gives you gives that person a dashboard of all the key metrics and it tells you, did anything move as a result of your the release you pushed out? And so you don't have to go look up and see, did I break something? Did anything else get better? It just hands you that every time you push out a release. It just goes and checks all the key stuff and gives you a report. And so I think that is a uh, complicated. A, a thing that uh, every software company ultimately needs. I see at Twitch, we need that because we'll push something out that might help our stuff, but we don't know if it affected anything else, all the other key stuff at the company. And we, maybe, we may not find out for six months. You know what would be cool is if I was Facebook's competitor or whoever's competitor, if they just sent me all the tests that they're running each day. Yeah, I like that. You, you know you could do this with like Facebook ads, right? It's so yeah, useful. Yeah, the Facebook ad archive. It's a little bit manual. I would want people to eat, like show me the changes that my competitors are making, or like my competitor just launched these new landing pages, and the way you could do that by just figure out like all the new pages that their URL right be on top of it. Yeah, you just it's just new page. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're running out of time. We blitzed through a ton of ideas. <laughs> I uh, I want that list of import export. Okay, I'll, I love I'll that. I think that a lot of people overcomplicate things. One of the easiest ways I think to build a company that would make millions of dollars is to create something that productizes something your team currently needs and sell it to them. Right. <laughs> it's like it's it's just like just tell me what you want. 
<laughs> it's very yeah. easy. Love it. We're out of time. We got to go to work now. Our Friday has officially begun. It's ten oh one. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, you want to leave everybody with uh, any any cool stuff that's coming on in the hustle? Anything news? Sign up? up for trends. I like trends. the reason why you should sign up for trends is it's a paid subscription, so it does cost money. But we just do this. This is what it is, except a lot of the ideas that we said, I heard about this. Well, we just go and research all of it, and we actually figure out the truth. So, so I'm a believer that, like, just like you feed your body to, like, if you feed your body good foods, your body gets healthier. If you feed your body bad foods, you get less healthy. So it's obviously the same thing with your brain. Feed good information, good content, and your brain gets smarter and healthier. And trends to me is one of those rare things on the internet where it's not about what happened in the past. It's not about the news. It's not about somebody's life update. Trends is like, here's some things that are growing that you should think about. And, you know, I read this thing and I'm not just going to go do one of these companies. Right. But it's cool but to it, know. It gets, it's cool to know. It's cool to talk about. And it also is, it gets my brain to start noticing things like that. And so it's like. And I was here when we. It's an exercise. Uh, I was here the day we launched it or the week. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how to describe it, but I think it's kind of cool. <laughs> now I understand a little bit more how to describe okay, it. Okay. What's, what's the. New description. Well, you 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 did it. Okay. I mean, but when we were creating these reports, I was like, "This is super useful." I don't know how to explain. I don't know yet how it's useful, but this is really interesting. Right. Here's my pitch of it. When you launched the Hustle newsletter, you told me it's like if your best friend they watch TV all day, they they read the news all day, they come in and tell you, "Here's what you need to know," and they tell it to you in a kind of a no BS tone. So they they just tell you what it is in a no BS way. It's like your friend telling you the news. That's pretty much what the Hustle newsletter is. Trends is like my friend from the future. Future comes back, you know, 18 months. He's he lives 18 months in the future, and he comes to me and he says, "Hey, you know what? This the CBD thing it's taken off. It, it took off." And so, if trends is my friend from the future coming and telling me what's happening, and I think that's you're, you're making my ads for me. So here's what we'll do: I will put a code. We'll call it million. Whenever this podcast goes live, we'll make it last for a week. So if you sign up now or a week after this goes live, use sign up and use the code million, and you'll be able to uh, get 50 percent off. Nice. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right, buddy. 